Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Boy, we've got a busy show ahead, Jim Jones, uh, two guys that have immersed themselves in covering the Cavaliers on the digital side and on the television side. Joe Gabriel and Campy Russell are going to stop by and pay us a visit this week. Always appreciate their insights. Yes, we do. I can't wait to, you know, I haven't had a chance to talk to Campy about the end of the season and the season wrap and his thoughts, so that'll be interesting. And, of course, the great writer himself, Joe Gabriel, I've got a couple of questions for him, but uh, Joe is a special guy. He has a real good, great feel for the pulse of this team, and I think our fans will find it interesting. Oh, no doubt. So two terrific guests to get things rolling this week. Again, Campy Russell and Joe G. Campy's coming up next, so stay with us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. against Joseph, sideline right to Garland. Darius underneath the Mobley, pow, with two hands. Garland, left corner marketing, quick three, good, Cavs lead. Garland right side, Lavert. open three, perfect. That's how they play together, Tim, playing for each other. I like that. Welcome back to Cavs HQ. It's presented by Betway all along the Cavaliers radio network. Great to have you with us, and of course, we are thrilled to be joined by Cavalier legend and now Wall of Honor member Campy Russell, who stops by to pay yours truly and Jim Jones a visit on this week's edition of Cavs HQ. Campy, as always, great to have you with us. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out. So we've had the opportunity to decompress uh, for a week or so after the season came to an end a week ago Friday. So. Can't be just sitting back and taking a look at the big picture. Uh, your thoughts on the 21-22 season? Well, I guess my thoughts is I thought this was a 
very successful season from the standpoint of the growth that this team uh, went through throughout the season. The fact that, um, you know, coming into the season, I don't think anybody could have thought that we were going to have the kind of record that we have this year as well as perform at the level that we have. And I think that's a uh, testament to the coaching staff, Kobe Altman for bringing these guys in, as well as the guys themselves all buying into what Coach Bickerstaff was looking for from them. And I think, you know, the growth that has taken place this year is going to pay big dividends going forward because they have gone through some actual experiences as a team, experiences in some crucial games. Yes, we did not come out at the other end against that uh, game against Atlanta or the Nets, but it was definitely a good learning opportunity for everybody, our entire organization, whether it's our basketball staff, our basketball uh, team. And I just think that they're going to go and become even a much better team uh, next year because they're going to be very experienced and they now know what they need to do to continue to uh, grow as a team. Kathy, were you surprised that they played as well as they did through all of the injuries? Talk a little bit about that. Well, I think it just goes back to the trust that this team have in each other. I think, and you know this for, your, for a fact, you know, when things are not going well, you have a tendency to kind of splinter. But for the most part, I thought this team did a good job of just continuing to stay into who they are and not try to get outside of uh, who they are. And I think the fact that um, you saw a lot of improvement and a lot of different guys throughout the entire season, you know, starting with Garland, you know, he continues to grow his game and get better. You look at how Lamar has really improved his game. Okoro continues to bring his game forward on both ends of the floor. You know, uh, Evan has shown us that he can, that he's going to be an outstanding player for a lot of years. So, you know, when you look back at this season, look back at this team, we have a lot of ingredients that are coming together. And when you have that element and you have that great curiosity as a team, you know, guys continue to get better. They continue to work hard. They want to take themselves and their team to a different level. So for me, I think this is a, very good team that we can continue to get better with because of our youth and because of the fact that these guys are all willing to work on their game and they got a coaching staff that's willing to push them to where they need to be as well. So I feel real good about this team in terms of where they, where they are today as well as where they're going to go and where they're going to be in years to come. Again, we're talking with Campy Russell as he joins us on Cavs HQ presented by Betway and Campy. It's interesting that you talk about the valuable experience that this team gained this year. And, of course, on Tuesday, Cavs president of basketball operations, Kobe Altman, held his season-ending press conference. And he talked about the fact that the stretch run for the Cavaliers is going to be so beneficial for next year. Every last game down the stretch had real consequence. You can't call it playoffs, but there was postseason basketball back in Cleveland. Two games of monumental consequence that we're going to grow from as a group. Uh, I think we're all thinking about possessions that could have been different, what we can all have done different to get us there, and it's going to drive us. Each one of you were part of a young team that blossomed into a solid playoff contender. 
Talk about that learning experience that Kobe just addressed. Uh, Campy, I'll let you start, and then Jim chime in. Well, I think that learning experience comes from an element that this team already has. It's just a trust in each other. You know, yes, we were a young team, and yes, they are a young team as well, but they still had trust. They had belief in each other. They had uh, brotherhood. They had fellowshipping between each other. And when you have that element and you have talent on your basketball team, you have the ability to go anywhere you wanted to go. And for me, the thing that made us go was an element called Nate Thurman and his will and his ability to get more out of all of us. And I think that was the, the catalyst and the element that kind of helped elevate us at the time. And I think this Cavalier team that we have now is in the same position. They are just still looking for that other element. And I'm, I'm not sure really what that is, but it's an element that is still missing in this basketball team that will come about, whoever it may be, whether it's an acquisition, whether it's a person that's still with the team right now, or a coaching decision or what have you, that will help take this team to a different level next year. But it all really starts with these guys going home this summer and really working on their game, working on their bodies, and just come back ready to go. I think those are the elements that can put you in position to be successful for, and have a long run for a lot of years. You know, Campy, one of the other things is the strength of the Eastern Conference. Talk a little bit about the front runner, of course, uh, in the Eastern Conference has been Miami, but there's about five other teams below them that are no slouch. Talk a little bit about how tough it is, and it's going to be for years to come to get out of the East. Well, Jim, you know, you know for a fact, just like I do, that for years the East only had like one or two teams, which was normally the Celtics or the the Knicks and those type teams. But now when you look up and down our total conference, there are outstanding teams here that's going to be good for a lot of years, and they are all young teams as well. So for me, when you look back at this, this Eastern Conference, it's a conference that you definitely have to reckon with because it starts with, I'm going to say it starts with the Cavaliers at this particular point, even though you mentioned uh, Miami, you know, their outstanding basketball team, Chicago is, Milwaukee, the Knicks is still trying to find themselves. Uh, you know, there's just so many, the Sixers, they are an outstanding squad uh, that has a lot of youth and size. I mean, it's just so many dynamic teams in the East that's something that's never been in a lot of years. So you have to put this Cavalier team uh, in that mix as well. But I just like how competitive the Eastern Conference is. And because it's so competitive, it really puts everybody in position to be able to go into a playoff situation, whether it's against another Eastern Conference team, and be able to play at a different level. And I think that's the thing that this Cavalier team has to uh, get to, of being able to elevate their game uh, based upon the team, based upon the situation. So I think that's when you become a outstanding basketball team. But as it relates to the Eastern Conference, it is so competitive, and I expect it to be competitive for, for years to come because of the youth that is here, because of the teams that are here, the Washington Wizards. I mean, it's the Pacers, all these teams, and you have Detroit Pistons who are still trying to feel their way into this situation too. So it's just going to be competitive, and the only thing that we have to do is just continue to grow our games and continue to get better as a team 
and just uh, be one of the, the fighters that's going to be fighting for uh, superiority in the Eastern Conference. Great point. Again, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll hear more. From Campy Russell, of course, Cavalier legend, and you see and hear him on Valley Sports as part of the Cavs broadcast team. So a lot more to hear from Campanella. Stay with us on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. When I was drafted, I thought that was the worst thing in the world is coming to Cleveland. When I when it happened, I said, Cleveland, what what the <laughs> Because, you know, you always hear a lot of different things out there about, you know, I thought I was going to New York, I thought I was going to Chicago. But then when I heard Cleveland, I was like, man, geez. I was telling my, I was telling my roommate, Joe Johnson, I said, man, of all the places in the world, but I tell you, and I'm here to tell you right now, that was the best thing ever happened to me coming here to the city of Cleveland. Oh, Campy, I got a few goosebumps hearing that. Of course, uh, that was your speech, a segment of your speech when you were inducted into the Cavs Wall of Honor. Our first chance to have you on Cavs HQ uh, since that very special honor was accorded to you. So I just wanted to share with you that I thought your presentation and your remarks were so heartfelt and so emotional. Uh, it really captured the moment beautifully. Well, Tim, thank you very much. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of that just had to do with all the great experiences that I've had in my life and the experiences with great friends such as Jim Jones, Butch Walker, Jim Brewer, you know, Dick Snyder, my teammates, and then having that great relationship with the city of Cleveland, the great kinship with the community. All those things are just great experiences. And when you have those type of experiences, it just it helps you grow. And for me, coming to Cleveland was a great thing for me. And to be around players and guys, Bingo Smith and Fred Foster back in the day, and Dwight Davis and all those guys, and, and we all had great relationships with each other. And I think that's the thing that has helped me grow as a person in these different areas. You know, Kemp, uh, I also want to second that. Uh, congratulations, well-deserved on the Wall of Honor. But let's talk a little bit about over the years, you had been thinking about, you know, since you've been an upstairs guy uh, in administration, about some way to commemorate the Cavs culture. Talk a little bit about the idea and the concept for the Wall of Honor, which I heard had a lot to do with you. Tracy Merrick had also second that that it was all about Campy, Campy coming to us. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I, I think it kind of started with uh, a walk around our building with uh, Lynn Komorowski when um, he first came on with us. And he came up to me and we were talking and we were just walking around the building. And I was saying to him at the time, because as, as you remember, our building, our arena was almost like an office building. There was nothing that really spoke to the Cleveland Cavaliers and the team. And that building was about an entertainment venue that also had basketball there. And as I was talking to Lynn, I said, Lynn, look around. Do you see anything in this building right now that represents the Cleveland Cavaliers, the players? There was nothing here that says this is the home of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And for me, you know, he and I talked about that for a while. I said, you know, there should be posters and 
you know, pictures of our former players and uh, there should be a organization, there should be something that speaks to how do we stay connected with not just the current players, but the former players. Because those guys and gals and whoever that has been a part of this organization has helped grow this organization to where it is. And so we talked about that and then I started talking to a guy named Joe Gabriel, which we all know, and I was telling Joe about the same thing. I said, Joe, I want you to help me, you know, kind of put this down, uh, document this in terms of how we can move forward with creating this alumni relations group and how we can start kind of bringing guys back and how do we get in contact with them. And, and he helped me kind of lay it all out. And um, we kind of brought it forward during my uh, regular interviews that we have, exit interviews or interviews that we have at the end of the year. And it came about from there, you know, where we started looking at, well, what do you want to name it? You know, what is the, uh, the purpose of it? And the purpose of it, again, is to create fellowship for the guys who are here now and the guys who have come through here, where you want to try to bring those guys back and try to have touch points with those guys during the course of the year to make them feel like they are a part of this Cleveland Cavalier organization. And from day one, our ownership with Dan Gilbert, as well as Lynn and uh, Ted Carper and Dave Dombrowski, they all bought into it. And here we are today, uh, some years later, and this it has been a great situation for everybody, the current players, the former players, because I get so many calls from guys, you know, thanking the Cavaliers, thanking the organization for having something like this Cavalier Legends group, because it definitely has helped create a fire under our former players who want to come back, who want to be engaged with us, and that's what we want to do. We want to create a situation where Everybody feels good about their time here in this arena and in this organization because we all know, Jim, you know it like I do. It's a fleeting thing, but as long as you have some connection, I think that's the thing that kind of keeps you going, and you can always reach back and know that you were a part of a great organization. So for me, that's what it was all about, and we wanted to continue to be a focus in the community as well as throughout the entire league. Well, that's a great point, Campy. Very, very well said. Great stuff, Campy. So before we let you go, well, let's transition back to the present and perhaps even the future, as we'll hear from Kobe Altman talking about this Cavalier team and really what is now the next step. Having the third youngest starting lineup, how do we get more consistent from that group? You know, How do they learn from their disappointments at the end of the season? How do they lock in more? You know, it's hard to win as a young team. And so how do we keep making those steps uh, to get better? And I think sense of urgency, uh, realizing these opportunities don't always come up, come around. I think they realized that was taken away from them at the end. Finding more consistency from, from our young talent will be the next step. And that I think that means more wins. Yep, that's the laser focus uh, as far as the front office, the coaching staff, and to their credit, the players. Uh, they've said to a man – consistency, and finding ways to get better. It's definitely they have to continue to get better. But the other, the other element is really just kind of uh, staying healthy, 
uh, you know, taking care of your body, but more importantly, keeping that same fellowship and that camaraderie and that feel and that love and that joy that they have with each other, you know, because that is the element that has allowed this team to ascend to where they are now. And for me, they haven't gotten that far into the stratosphere, but they are moving in that direction, but they have to maintain those elements, that health, that fellowship, that camaraderie, that joy, that love that they have for each other, and not just for the players, but for the organization, for the coaching staff, and all those elements have to be there. And as long as they have that, this team can definitely grow, but it's all going to come from each individual having that type of attitude. Great point. Can't be unspoken, Campy. Yep, very well spoken. On that note, we're going to let you go. Again, uh, we really appreciate you stopping by, talking not only about this year's Cavs team and the future, but uh, the wall of honor, how special that is to the Cavaliers organization. And, again, congratulations to you on your recent induction. Hey, this offseason's going to fly by, my friend. Uh, we'll see you down the road a little bit. Hey, this season, I hope this offseason goes as fast as this present season just went through. <laughs> I mean, this season went so quickly, it was unbelievable. It did. But I guess it's like that when you're winning games and being competitive and you got a young team that comes out every single night and plays so hard and you got a fan base that comes out and supports uh, this young Cavalier team in a big way because of what our fans see this team doing, and that is being competitive every single night playing with a lot of joy, and playing for each other. I think those are the things that have driven our team as well as our fan base. Appreciate it, Kemp. Thank you, Kempy. We'll talk down the road. Kempy Russell joining us here on Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Boys, some great insights from Cavalier legend Kempy Russell, who, of course, is also on the broadcast side with Bally Sports. Stay with us. More to come. In fact, Joe G will be coming up on Cavs HQ on the Cavaliers Radio Network. The Cleveland Metropolitan School District's Project Act and the Cavaliers will host families of the Cleveland community this afternoon by inviting them to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse to participate in a seasonal celebration where they will receive board games collected during the Season of Giving toy drive. The 150 guests will enjoy lunch, play games, build crafts, mingle with various mascots, and later today they will attend the Monsters game as they take on Rochester at 3 o'clock. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway right after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Garland with a move on Holiday. Underneath on Mobley. Pow and the foul. Holy Mobley. Coro drives. Stopped it out with two hands. Oh, my. Ice. Wade rumbling down the lane. Stumped it. Oh, oh, my. How Dean Wade just posterized Ken Birch. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn along with Jim Jones. And, of course, great job, as always, by the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin. Again, a huge thank you to Campy Russell for 
stopping by and joining us during the first half hour of the show and can't be referenced during that conversation, our next guest, Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com, affectionately known as Joe G here in the Cavs inner circles, stops by to pay Jim and I a visit here in the second half hour of the show. Joe G, as always, a pleasure to have you. Guys, what's up? How are you doing uh, you? on your on your decompression week? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. So, what's that like for the uh, main guy at Cavs dot com? Uh, how do you decompress? You know, I mean, as you guys know, it's kind of a busy week. I mean, we had getaway day on Saturday, so there was that, and then uh, I believe it was Tuesday that Kobe talked, and you know, I'm going to write a quiz for Cavs dot com uh, for this afternoon, so uh, oh, I'm okay. keeping busy. I'm keeping busy because otherwise I'll go nuts. <laughs> right. Hey, you know what, Joe, and, and, and thanks for joining us. Your insights are always treasured. You know, one of the things that uh, you and I have talked about was the youth of this team. If you really think about it, we, like Kobe said, which I didn't know, is that uh, by them getting into the play-in, they were the youngest team in the playoffs. You know, that is incredible for this franchise. And I want you to talk more specifically about small ball because it seems to have disrupted everything the NBA was trying to get to with small ball. Well, I mean, as far as the Cavs go, the opposite of small ball, which I love, you know, I mean, I, I, I like that we go with size, you know, and in terms of the youth goes, uh, Lowry Markin and, and Jared Allen are old souls. We forget how young they are, you know, and you forget Isaac Okoro is 21, you know, Evan Mobley's 20. So, uh, you know, I mean, the youth is the biggest thing about about this team. And, and you know, if they had a draft pick this June, they're going to get a little younger. Well, it's interesting you say that because you and I were standing right next to one another at Kobe's season-ending press conference. And uh, Kobe spoke for about an hour. And uh, one of the things that he addressed was, listen, he's open to tweaking the roster and making some trades and so forth. But he loves this very young core that you just alluded to, Joe. We will always look for trades that will improve the team. I love our core group. We had the third youngest starting lineup in the NBA. And then when you get to the playoffs or play-in, we were the youngest. And that says a lot for that group that can impact winning at such a young age. So, no, I'm not in a rush to try to break that up. I want to see how far they can go. They deserve that runway. But when you think about the youth of this of this team, 24 years or younger for a lot of them, uh, it's exciting. And it's not something that you're on a rush to, to break up, uh, especially with the bulk of your talent still being on rookie-scale contracts. Yeah, that's a great point. And, Joe, it's what you alluded to. The youth of this basketball team, you tend to forget just how young these guys are. They're still on their upside right now. And, you know, this is a number that – they were the only winning team in the Eastern Conference where their top three scorers were all under 24 years old. Well, it might have been under 23 years old because I think Phil Allen just turned 24 yesterday. The future is really incredible. I mean, they still have such upside. Think of Darius Garland's upside. Think of Evan Mobley's upside and how good they are right now. And we, uh, I asked about Isaac Okoro because I kind of almost feel like he's one of the keys to the building process and that he offensively you still haven't seen what he can do but Kobe alluded to it on Tuesday where he said you know the kid shot 44% from deep after the all-star break 51% from the floor so you're still going to get a lot more out of that kid I think 
And uh, talking about Kobe, Joe, talk a little bit about the patience that it took, the, what I call patient aggressiveness, you know, in those trades to get Jared Allen and then the move to get Levert when we needed him, you know, and people know, knew that we needed somebody and how he fit and how he has a chance to be better even next year if the Cavs decide to make that move. Yeah, I totally agree with him. And that, uh, I think Karras, that's a good point in that you traded for him this year and you wanted to hopefully, you know, reach the playoffs and make a run with him. But Kobe also talked about how important summers are for them and how important last summer was. I think if you get Karras in the gym for a whole summer with these guys and a whole training camp and where he doesn't come in feeling uncomfortable and having to fit in and having so much pressure, I think you're going to see a different Karis Levert going into next year. And another big trade he made, you talked about being aggressive, Jim, is, uh, was the uh, the deal for Ricky Rubio. And I think that changed the culture of the team when he arrived. I mean, you know, what happened happened. But I think making that trade revived Kevin Love's career and changed the culture of the team. Boy, Joe, that's a great, great point. Again, we're talking with Joe Gabriel Cavs.com, as, of course, uh, he follows this team day in and day out, and his work is just extraordinary on Cavs.com. Well, a name that we haven't mentioned, Colin Sexton. And, of course, uh, that's going to be a, a question mark for the Cavs going into the offseason is how they address Colin Sexton going forward. And, of course, uh, Kobe Altman was asked about that during his season-ending press conference on Tuesday. And uh, Kobe said, listen, Colin Sexton was a part of this. He was really a part of the whole rebuild. He, in a lot of ways, was the start of not only the rebuild, but the culture that we have in place now. We asked him to do a tall task, right? Four straight finals, and now we're sort of starting anew. And he was the start of that. And we wanted to have a place that thrived from great attitude, great work ethic and somebody that really wanted to be in Cleveland, Ohio, and help us get back to those heights. He embodied every part of that, and he still does today. And so he, in a lot of ways, is the reason why we're here, because he started that culture for us. Guys, I think uh, both sides really want to see this work and make it happen. Yeah, I mean, I, we always laugh about Colin. We say that uh, like during games, like he's got his uniform on, under his clothes. <laughs> because, because he's just so ready. That kid is like percolating. He is so ready to get back out there. And we, you know, I mean, Kobe mentioned also on Tuesday, you know, when he got to the gym, when he got to the courts on Tuesday, Colin was there. Colin's always there. You know, I mean, uh, he hasn't left. And there you go. And if you want to talk about the culture, I mean, Colin could have, you know, could have just went with everyone else, but he just, he's, chomping at the bit to get back on the court you know i mean and he's a tough kid he he, he did start the culture I mean, he played in the first 155 games of his career so i mean he you know he's he's a tough kid he does embody the culture of the team so i, I really want to see it work out with him i don't know what his role will be uh moving forward but man i, I sure would love to see him back because he's on top of it and you guys know this he's a great great kid He's a great yes, person, so I, yes, I'd love yes. to see him back. Well, Joe, you know, he calls me Mr. Jones all the time. I said, you know, <laughs> I said, I said, I know I've got gray and I'm losing a lot on top, 
but you can call me Jim. And then the next word out of his mouth, well, Mr. Jones, says, I mean, he's just such a well-mannered kid. But I wanted to talk about the strategy of the Cavaliers' uh, basketball side to bring him back and to have him involved in the practices, flying with us, being on the buses, being on mm. the plane with the guys, Joe G. That's a little bit different. That doesn't happen in our league very often. But I think one of the things that they wanted to show him was this different style of play. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty evident. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know what his role will be moving forward, but I, I, you're exactly right on, Jim, in that I think they're trying to say to him, without saying directly to him, this is how it's going to be moving forward. How are you going to fit in? Because through almost no fault of his own, the first couple of years of his career, he was asked to carry the whole scoring load. He was That's right. He was forced to be the only guy. You know, I mean, all ten eyes were on him all the time. And, you know, I mean, he had to adjust. Darius had to adjust to him. Now he'll have to readjust, you know, to his new role. But I think, you know, again, to your point, Jim, they showed him that this is how winning basketball is going to go and how are you going to impact winning, as JB always says, how are you going to impact winning when you come back and join us? That's what I think. There you go. We'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll have more with Joe G. Yes, Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com, our guest on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Stay with us on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us and great to have with us on this week's show, Joe Gabriel from Cavs.com. Does extraordinary work. My broadcast partner is Jim Jones. Jim, I'll let you get things rolling here in segment number two with Joe G. Well, look, uh, probably the biggest surprise to me, you know, we knew that after a while that Mobley was going to be special. And, of course, Garland's working his way toward being a superstar. But the guy that amazed me the most is Kevin Love. Joe, he made it all come together. And the way he was so consistent this season, uh, except for the virus, Kevin Love played, man. He was out there on the floor. He gave us tremendous effort and heart. Talk a little bit about K-Love. Yeah, I mean, they always say, like, the best ability in the NBA is availability. Uh, And... He talked about that. Kevin said that I want to be available. I want to play uh, as many games as I can. He played the most games, 74, out of anybody on the team, and the only games he missed were COVID. The only games he missed. So I think two things. One, I think bringing him off the bench kind of prolonged uh, or, or kind of extended his health, which, you know, he didn't have to log, you know, 35, 40 minutes a night or, you know, about 35 minutes a night. And like I said earlier, I, I, I really think Ricky Rubio revived his enthusiasm for the game. I think mm-hmm. uh, having a familiar face and somebody you know coming off the bench with him, I think Jetty kind of served the same uh, purpose mm-hmm. for Kevin. But I just thought Kevin, uh, like you said, Jimmy, brought it all together. He was Uncle Kev or Grandpa Kev or whatever. And when these young guys see a future Hall of Famer willing to go to the bench, yeah. they, if you go to the team, you know, like JB always says, how can you argue? You know, if you see Kevin Love doing it, how can you argue? So, even going back to the last segment about Colin Sexton, you know, if if he's asked to 
come off the bench. I'm not saying he will, but if he was, you'd have to say, hey, Kevin Love's doing it. So, uh, you know, I don't know. But I just think Kevin was uh, he was the linchpin for everything. I think you're right, Jim. And certainly uh, in the conversation, one of the three finalists for Sixth Man of the Year award. And, boy, when you look at everything he did, uh, I would certainly think we may be biased, but uh, he's deserving of that award. Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, again, when you look at the you know, rebounding with it and you know, impacting winning, sure. I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great candidate. I think he led the, the league in three-pointers during December, uh, starters or reserves. So, uh, yeah, Kevin's got a good claim to it. You know, why not? And, you know, Joe, is probably coming back this season will be the first time that he hasn't been injured. You know, coming back from injury, trying to work his way through injuries, and then working out. Now he can come right into the season. And he lost a tremendous amount of weight. And I asked him, how did he lose the weight? He said he, three days a week they were vegan. You know, so, so he was really focused and disciplined. You know, you know I, I, I wave a, a flag for Kevin every day because I'm amazed at how, of what it took to play that role. I played that role in L.A. after being a starter in Cleveland and in the ABA and then coming over and having to sit on the bench. I mean, there was no question I, that I definitely wasn't going to be re- replace one of the Hall of Famers. But the point is, is that I don't think anybody really understands, but maybe K-Love and, and the coaches, what a tremendous sacrifice. And I'm, I'm not asking you to comment on that. You know, uh, 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 Tim can go on to the next question, but I, but I love Kevin Love. I just thought he was special. Yeah, he was a huge part of this team's success. And, of course, Kevin Love, as we mentioned, uh, one of the finalists for Sixth Man of the Year. Darius Garland, one of the finalists for Most Improved Player. And, of course, Evan Mobley, one of the three finalists for Rookie of the Year. And, again, we may be biased, but we certainly think Evan Mobley should be Rookie of the Year. And, When Kobe held his season-ending press conference on Tuesday, he referenced one specific play that defined Evan Mobley. Mobley in the right corner to Levert. Three on the way. Too strong. Rebound grab by Okongwu for Atlanta. Long pass down to Florida. Hunter. Shot blocked from behind by Mobley. Holy Mobley. What a block by Evan. He makes winning plays on every possession. And the last game of the season, the 20-year-old who we've we played a ton of minutes and he had to have been exhausted, the play of the game for us that gave us a chance was when he tracked down DeAndre Hunter and ran 94 feet and pinned his shot to the basket, uh, to, the, to, the, to the backboard. How many 20-year-old rookies are doing that? How many 20-year-old rookies are thinking the defensive end or that play to save a game instead of what I can do on the offensive end? So... That injection of just winning attitude, winning plays on every possession, stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet from a 20-year-old is just remarkable. And so uh, it's on us to, to continue to develop him. Guys, you hear the saying, the sky's the limit. I think outer space is the limit for Evan <laughs> Mobley. I mean, unbelievable future for this young man. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think... You know, I mean, again, we are biased, but, you know, and I've said this, and I, I know Jim agrees with me. I, I I think he has, really, I think he has Hall of Fame-type potential. I, I, I do. I think he's incredible. He has no weaknesses other than 
the natural weaknesses of being 20 years old and, and needing to gain 15 pounds and put on some muscle. Other than that, he has no weaknesses, and he also has the he has instincts, things you can't teach, and he's got the attitude and the the temperament. He has, you know, like like you said, Tim, <clears throat> outer space is the limit. I <laughs> I think he can be an all time great. That's how good I think that kid is. Yeah, and Joe G, you're you're all over it as usual. The one word that I would say is uh, is willpower. You know, mm-hmm. no matter yes. what the circumstances, yes. mm-hmm. no matter what the situation, uh, this kid did something to contribute to <laughs> yeah. the team winning. No matter what the time and score was, he stayed in the game. He yeah. stayed in the game. Yes, he, he, and again, he like I, I I talk about instincts and that there are so many plays. This year, there was one play I, I I can't remember against who, where somebody threw a pass ahead the opponent and it bounced off the ref, bounced back to him. He went to, to score and Evan blocked the shot. I mean, he just is. Um, he does some he does something almost every night where your your eyes get wide and you're like, wow, I I can't believe he just did that. That he's 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 other he has otherworldly talent. He's so good. Yep, there's no doubt. Well, Joe G., on that note, uh, we'll let you go as our decompression summer gets underway. <laughs> but uh, as Jim and I mentioned with Campy earlier in the show, uh, this season went by so fast. Uh, let's hope this off season go by that quickly because I know we're already, all of us here within the organization, are looking ahead to 22-23. Yeah, a year from now we'll still be playing. It, I agree. <laughs> you know what? That's I right, totally agree 100%. Yep. Joe, as always, appreciate your thoughts and your insights and your great work on Cavs.com. I'm sure we'll be chatting through the offseason, but uh, we really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you, you Joe. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Joe. Joe Gabriel, better known as Joe G from Cavs.com, paying us a visit here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Jim and I will be back, and we'll wrap it all up after this on the Cavaliers Radio Network. Hunter into the lane, and Markin and blocked the shot. Out of there with a Levert, two on two. Levert, lobbed to Mobley, pow! This crowd has erupted! That's going to do it for this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Boy, that were some great insights from Joe Gabriel, and of course earlier in the show, Campy Russell. So we thank Joe G and Campy for stopping by and paying us a visit. Of course, thanks to the dynamic duo on the other side of the window, Marty Allen and Kurt McLaughlin, and a great big thank you goes out to my co-host and broadcast partner, one Jim Jones. Again, Cavs HQ on the radio sign will come your way each and every week during the offseason, so we'll be back with you again next Sunday. So until then, this is Tim Elkhorn saying once again, thank you very much for listening, and so long, everybody. <laughs>